Hello, I'm Red. And I'm Tiff. And we're, and we're the, the Fashion, fashion geeks. geeks. Trying to make New York. And the world. Well, New York is the world. A little flyer, one outfit. And podcast. At a time. Happy New Year. Welcome to the ride. We are the Fashion Geeks. I am Fashion Geek number one, Reg Ferguson. And to my side, ride or die. Fashion Geek number two, Tiffany Minitel Schreiber, here to give you all there is to know for the everyday man about fashion. Yep. Our motto is always be fly. It's a new year. You may have a resolution. You need to change your look. Ah, that's a good one. Absolutely. Hit me up. DM me. Whatever you need, I'm going to be there for you. Because that's exactly what the Fashion Geek is all about. It's here for the, he's here for the everyday man, consultation, in the closet, pulling stuff out you don't necessarily need. That help, was hilarious. Help, Just in the closet. In the closet, <laughs> pulling stuff out. And the then closet, helping guys. you put some stuff that you do need in, making you look fly 24-7. Why not? Right? It's fun. It is. It always should it always should be enjoyable, ladies and gentlemen. This should not be a drag. I'm gonna make it fun because our podcast is fun. That's right. Our podcast is kind of fun, and sometimes we do go off, you know, the whole fashion thing, but because that just sort of brings in that everything is fashionable. Everything has something to do with fashion. There's a relation, there's a link. Yeah, whether we're talking about, you know, this or that or the other thing, everything is about what you wear sometimes. It is about the impression you make on other people. In terms of an aesthetic. Oh, yeah. In terms well, I, of a perception. I love how you fine-tune what I say. Let me do some more stuff. <laughs> you, you know, I bring it, I put it out there, and then you bring it nice uh, and in, down and sharp. Oh. You sharpen it up nice. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And that's what, that's what you do. That's kind of what you do when you are helping the everyday man look his best self. Yeah, you want to distill it. You want to you right. be efficient. And Tiff, on that, on that tip, just want to say, love the cow neck, rocking oh. it. Thank you. I the coordination you, with the frames, classic Ray-Bans. Yes, I am wearing my classic Ray-Bans today. And oh, yeah. uh, and um, they also, I have, they're tortoise shell, but they have the green. Oh, did not see that. Yes, you don't see those unless I show it oh. to you. Coordinate, Marcus, coordinate. Very nice, very nice. So here we are. Another episode and um, sort of getting back from the holidays is kind of a slow start and uh, still working out the food. Oh, my God. It's not the food. <laughs> it was like the seeing everybody. It was the it so was, sociable. It's, it's not being at home. I, I think my cats miss me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know I miss all my, 10 of them. I miss my bed. I don't have 10 cats. What all are you doing? five of them. I don't have five cats. Stop putting that stuff out there. More than one. Don't cat. be silly. But anyway, I miss them and they miss me. And so wow. it's been nice to be at home. It's been very nice. But you I haven't am. been at home. You apparently. I have been home. You, you Totally got, local. You, you're, doing your, you're doing your thing, your work thing. But you also went to an exhibit because I'm doing my work thing and I have no life anymore because <laughs> I'm now doing my work thing. Yes. We were supposed to go to this exhibit together. Mm. It was the pink exhibit. And that's right up my alley. It's pink. I know. I told you in November. I know. But who knew I'd get a job? I didn't try. It doesn't mean that you couldn't do both. Well. But it literally was drawing to a close. I went the day before it shuttered. Yeah, well, that was, was that FIT? I started working right before the holidays and my evenings were all built up. No, that's okay. They're open on weekends. Uh-huh. Anyway, yes, anyway. I went. This is my whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. In the month of January, 
I'm trying to go to the exhibits that are about to close in February because I do that. I'm that guy. I'm like, oh, I've got time. I've got time. Then you're like, oh, my God, I have no time. Or you go, oh, freak, I forgot. Is that a thing? A lot of the museum exhibits end up closing at the end of January, beginning of February kind of thing? Is that a thing? I'm not certain if it's a thing. It is for this, you know, for this expansive This closed January 6th. I know, and I went on the fifth. Yeah, you did. So, so last just minute to be Charlie. clear, it was it's the pink exhibit at the museum at FIT, and I missed it, but I was able to go online, and you can actually click a little button there, and you can see the exhibit what? online. Yes. Okay. Then, so then I had can... a virtual visit. Good. So you had a virtual tour, so yeah. we, you can talk about this intelligently. What did you think? Um, I thought it was first of all an exhibit about pink, the color pink. Throughout the years and its meaning, centuries. in its centuries and its meaning in society, uh, first of all, it was a, what a novel idea. I'd never, I would have never thought about that. That kind of a take I on, on fashion and clothing throughout the years, but um, it was absolutely very interesting to, uh, from my point of view, to see all the different clothing. And um, the most interesting fact to me was that the whole pink was girls, boys was blue thing didn't happen until mid-century, 1950s, actually. And also depends on where you are in the world, to really be honest. If you're talking yes. specifically from an American America. perspective. I'm speaking of America, right. yeah. It was but, clearly a marketing choice. Exactly. Whereas in Europe, in, in the, I mean, from the beginning of time, men were wearing pink. I, I designed costume. One of the costumes I designed, an 1830s uh, jacket, waistcoat, and uh, trousers, knickers, were pink. Were a pink damp fabric with a, a ruffle shirt. That, that was his costume. And it was beautiful. Men in the time were just as pretty as the women, they're like I, I said in one of the episodes, they, everybody looked like cake. Everybody looked <laughs> like they were dressed like cake icing. It was uh, lace right. and frills and lots of pink. And um, in this day and age, you don't see a lot of the, the men wearing pink like you used to. So until recently, I think that's what I didn't realize, but there's a thing called millennial pink. Did you know that? Yes. Well, I really learned it through the exhibit. And to it be is. Candid. And it is like the designers of today. I'm looking at this picture, but I can't remember who the designer was. All the men and, and the women, all, they're wearing pink. Pink tops, pink bottoms. Everybody's wearing pink. And it looks good. It looks fashionable. It doesn't look crazy. It looks nice. I like it a lot. Mm. I like the pinking a little bit. My <laughs> most... Um, is that a word? The big wow moment was there was this ostrich leather jacket pink leather jacket it, like a full-length leather coat worn in africa by oh yes a tribe, that, that my post a tribe I, leader i posted that wait not a tribe leader wasn't he a tribe it was a, no 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 it was a fashion designer's take okay yeah i posted that and because it was pink ostrich skin oh my god right it was I a faux but it was a faux ostrich skin uh, uh mid thigh length I think it was. And yes, you're right. It was faux ostrich. Yeah. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, if you check out my Insta, which is New York Fashion Geek, I did probably three to four posts in a row from that exhibit. And I specifically, based on who I am and how I see the world, did it from an African-American perspective. Uh, We had other people. Big shout out to Man Your Style. He had a few posts. And obviously there's a whole hashtag 
uh, for the exhibit. But I wanted to just really highlight uh, a few things uh, from that individual. I mean, th there was the late Joe Cassily uh, from England. I just wanted to show that linkage for me and the importance for me and also let people be aware. And we recently had a guest on another episode, Harlem Will Roberson, and I know he really he really appreciated this, and it seems like our producer Search did too, just gave the big thumbs up. I think he was enamored with our host. The point is, thank you. The point is, we try. The point is, I loved, I loved seeing a hoodie with Cameron in his notorious pink mink. Cam, I hope you listen to the app. I really do. Um, when he did uh, the uh, costume, when he did the costume gala uh, in 2002. The Met Gala. Yeah, the Met Gala. Sorry about yes. that. So, yeah, head, I, I just wanted to show. Head to toe I, pink. I just fur wanted to show. Hood. Oh, yeah. Always fly. So that's, I was trying to gauge your, what do you think about pink? What do you think about pink as a Certainly. comment on, on culture? Certainly. Over well, the centuries. It's very interesting to hear specifically from American perspective, that prior to a certain epoch of time, boys and girls wore either color interchangeably. And then all of a sudden, unsurprisingly, it became a marketing thing. Mm -hmm. Here's the distinction. Then you look across the world, which I found... That was I the found, era of Mad Men, shall we say. The great advertising sure, era. Sure, sure. And then you look throughout the world... It doesn't have that importance per se, mm -hmm. but every society makes the choice. They make the call, and then everyone follows it. So specifically from an individual and from a family perspective, I wore pink shirts. I still do. I wore pink ties. I still do. Certainly, I can vaguely remember around junior high school going into high school, maybe being somewhat ambivalent, but definitely doing it. And the reason why is because my late grandfather did it. Mm. So one of my, one of my fashion heroes. So, but clearly when you're growing up from an American standpoint, you're, you're drawing that line and saying that pink is for girls and blue is for boys. I mean, there, there's no question about that. And even beyond that, uh, the movie pretty and pink, I'm a strawberry blonde. It's, I'm getting more darker as I get older. But when I was younger, I was more red, you know, and I was always told I couldn't wear pink. And then Pretty in Pink just blew that out of the water because Molly Ringwald was as redhead as you can get, and she was wearing pink. And I have to say, that opened up pink for me. I, didn't, I love that movie. I didn't wear pink prior and to that's that. That's a great song, and they played that song, love that song, at, at uh, FIT, at the museum. Oh, did they really? Yeah, I love the psychedelic films. Oh, Okay. Great group. So that must have been in, uh, in they had an exhibit that was sort of based on that time period or something? Uh, how it was is that it was a, a small room and then you went into a bigger room. And in the bigger room, they had speakers towards the front of the exhibit. And they had a loop of music. And oh, that was everything one, that has to do with pink, probably. And that was one of the songs. Oh, okay. So, and I was, I was like, yeah. Yeah, well, that was my and I thought And I thought of the movie, but for me, it was always a song. In that group, because I like I like the first. I wish I had more pink in my in my wardrobe. I have to say that you know that Molly Ringwald thing brought me out. Oh, pink, 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 pink. And then I went to my college, Sweetbriar College, whose colors are pink and green, 
the preppy colors, and I sort of went into um, an anti-Sweetbriar stage oh. where I'm not going to wear pink and green. I'm not preppy. That's not who I am. So I banished all pink and green from my wardrobe. My sisters from AKA as Alpha would really be upset about that. Yeah. But then I then they found me again, and it's, I mean, I'm now part of the alumna club here in New York City for Sweetbriar College, and I absolutely rocked my pink and green as Often as I can. Because I'm a proud sister. Do you have a little flower in your hair, too? When you no, no flowers, but I do wear my pearls. <laughs> my pink and green and my pearls. I also liked in the exhibit how pink can be represented as a rebel color, which I never thought of. Yeah, that, that dark, deep, dark, dark pink, that hot pink, that... Punk rock. Punk pink. That even, you know, Larry Kramer... Silence equals death. I never mm. viewed it that way. How it could be so rebellious. I'm always thinking, I'm the, conjuring images of femininity. The pea hat. Can I say the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't, can, can, you, can you take the lead there? Because I, I want to defer to you on that topic. Can I say it? The pussy hat? Yeah, I can say the pussy yeah, hat. I guess you do. You yeah. sure can. Yeah, I hope the oh, female my, listeners My goddess increases. leader would love that I'm actually saying the P word. <laughs> yeah, the pussy hat was that hot, hot pink. Um, and it was a pattern that was put out during the uh, the big movement that all these women got to crocheting and making. And actually, I have to say, my mother-in-law made me a pink pussy hat for my march. Because uh, I did mar- did two marches with them. Um, and it's, it was at first, as, as you will see in the exhibit, the, the Washington Post columnist said, back away from the pink. Yes. You're going to minimize this serious cause because you are, you know, attaching it to this color, but these, uh, this pink color has proven itself to be powerful. Um, so I, I would, I would have to respectfully say that I'm glad we didn't back away, that I think we took over. Something that was it sort of attributed to females as being feminine and weak and whatever, and it turned it into something that's strong and powerful and a voice. And it has to do with the color. It has to do with the pussy hats. It has to do with the women. All of that all together. So that's what I got to say about that. I'm glad I went. I'm sorry you didn't. I am sorry I didn't. But I got to do it online, <laughs> which is very cool that you could actually do a virtual tour. I'm glad they made that available. Sure. So go to the museum at FIT online and uh, and click the virtual tour, and you can see some fabulous pieces of, of garments. Some things were blowing my mind. There's a Givenchy dress that I was like, it was a day dress that was all ruffles. And I was like, oh, my God, I love that. I mean, I have no practical application for that in my life today, but it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So check it out, everyone. And that's our catching up. Oh, yeah. So we should now move into our next segment, which is your favorite. <laughs> yes. So our next segment is Fashion Heroes. Fashion, fashion, fashion. So our fashion hero today is Allen Iverson. Yet another athlete, Reg and his athletes being fashion heroes. More importantly, though, our producer search is rolling, but I hope he's rolling in the significance of the choice. 
Once again, I'm you, going to You want to hear be, what I'm going to lay down? It's, it's, it's going to be amazing. And once again, I'm going to be schooled because, like I said, I had to go to the Internet and do a lot of research because I knew of Allen uh, Iverson as a basketball player because he kind of sort of got his start at the end of Michael Jordan's career, which is kind of sort of when I kind of stopped watching basketball. Right, because of your love of MJ. But it's not only that. I had a, you know, I had a job. I had to work in the restaurant business, and so I didn't really, you know, these basketball games are on. Oh, like they're on the screen. Right, but I'm serving wings and, and beer, and <laughs> I'm not paying attention. I can't pay Fine. attention. So I would hear the name, but I didn't really get to know the players after the Michael Jordan thing. So. Well, you are going to tonight. I don't know the source of that guffaw from our producer <laughs> search, but it better have been from love. Well, why don't you give us a, a, a little a little bit about why you chose Allen Iverson as a fashion hero? Absolutely. When I was growing up, there was a guy who took the NBA by storm, hmm. and he caused such a ruckus with his style that the league changed his rules because of him. I read that. That's right. Who is he? Allen yeah. Iverson. Come on, you messed me up. I had this cool setup. All right, rewind. Who is he? The answer, Allen Iverson. The answer. I read that. I was like, wow, that's kind of a cool nickname. Thank you. It was a pretty clever uh, intro I had until you just... (laughs) Search will edit it out, and you'll still Uh, be clever. You'll still be clever, I promise. I remember when Allen Iverson went to Georgetown. Number three, Georgetown gray and blue. One tattoo. Simple. I remember when he was drafted number one and went to the Sixers. Number three, red, white, and blue, small fro. Simple. Right then I was smitten, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. He had your hairstyle? No, I didn't have I wasn't rocking now. I was rocking a fade. Oh, okay. I'm in love with AI. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I am. I mean, let's talk on the court. His signature move, the crossover. It was different from the crossovers I had seen and grew up with and did not possess. And it's not a carry, Isaiah and Tim Hardaway. Stop hurting. (laughs) Right there, that was style. I mean, it was actually a fashion statement. Really? A fashion statement? Absolutely. It's definitely a style statement. It was a fashion statement. Okay. His crossover was a fashion statement. All right. I will not back down from that. It announced to the sporting world and the greater world who he was. Okay. It was his signature. And I loved the way he crossed up MJ's first year in the league. I saw that picture. That was kind of amazing. The shock uh, on MJ's face. That was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> All right. Calm who, down. Who, by the way, was his hero. And yes. who I hated once he started beating my team. <laughs> the New York Knicks. <laughs> I remember when my boy told me about it. I ran to the TV. I've also watched that video many, many times on my Allen Iverson YouTube channel. You have an Allen Iverson YouTube channel? That's correct. Okay, now. I still relish it. You are a fan. I am. I I really, I really am. Um, That was the beginning of seeing a new player with a style all his own on the court. Okay. I thought that was impressive. And he quickly established himself as one of a kind. He was a little man. In relativity, six feet, mm-hmm. going up against giants, especially in the hole, and thriving, dunking, and dominating. He was a killer. 
His speed and energy also made him stand out. To become singular, that's style. Okay. I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting As it. Well, you should. He embodied the street and hip-hop culture into a sport and a league that was not ready for it or him. Right, because the league wanted to be presentable. It wanted to, you know, stay the, stay the course. Right. Be exactly. the norm. Status quo. Status exactly. quo. First, his furrow goes, which breaks my heart. Then the cornrows come in, and they're serious. Incredible. Then the tats. Because they're not just straight back. No, no. They he have had, designs. They had mad different. Yeah, yeah, they had, like, different directions and designs. <laughs> yes, yes, different designs. That's flavor. That's style. Then the tats. I'm not a tat guy. It's not my thing. Right. They hurt. But his, <laughs> but his tat game just explodes. The neck, the arms, legs, chest, shoulders. It's incredible. And I do remember hearing some blowback about that in the NBA. They wanted to go, enough with the tattoos. This is enough, enough. I remember hearing I, that. Exactly. I never saw anything like it. From the initial Hoya Bulldog proclaiming him the answer, which I loved, and that's Brandon, y'all, let's be clear, to Crew Thick, his tats had tats. His skin was out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hysterical. (laughs) But let's stay on the court. Okay. Tiffany? Yes? Let's talk about the sleeve. All that compression sleeve. Remember when we talked about Supreme and J.R. Smith? I totally which, got it when I was which, doing yeah, my research. Uh, yeah, that's never discussed as a topic without AI in the conversation. He was the first to rock one. Which I thought was, oh, that's pretty interesting. And how can no one have ever thought about that technology before? Because it was out there. Well, here's the thing. It was all created from him. I understand what you're saying, the ingredients of the technology. Right. But he had one to protect. An injury. Exactly. Right. He had a bursar sack on his elbow. That's the reason why this all was created. He felt comfortable with it. Yep. And then just kept it on throughout. And then it became industry-wide. Right. But that's the point. And he has it. Color-wise, it's coordinated to rock his jersey. Now he wears it as a fashion st- or or after that. It went it was from a protective. Yeah. Yes. It was his thing. Right. His statement piece. Exactly. Exactly. The headband. He brings nope. an old school accessory and makes it fly, especially when he does them in stripes. Uh, the under co- a hat. He did it. He did it under a hat, a bandana under well, that, a hat. Well, that's, it's not a bandana. We'll just hold oh, on. Oh, am hold I jumping on. ahead? Sorry. And that's not a bandana. Search, um, you know what it is. It's I'm not sorry. a bandana. Yes. But okay. we'll talk about that. But let's go on. The custom armband, which reads the answer, number three, the finger bands. The finger bands? Yes. I didn't see them. Were they compression as well? I don't know, but no one <laughs> ever had that. <laughs> also branded AI or number three. He's all banded up. People started rocking his tees in the league. Larry Hughes, his teammate, drafted from uh, St. Louis, Billiken. LeBron, who acknowledges AI as his hero. Wow. Tyron Lu, who he famously stepped over in the 2001 finals against the Lakers. He stepped over. Oh, yes. And that was style. Braids and headbands, y'all. 
That's what I'm saying. Now let's talk off the court. The bling. Diamond encrusted Rolex. Crazy, ridiculous, ridiculous. Platinum jewelry. Unbelievable. Diamonds, chains, the fitted baseball caps of different team sports. Not the bandana, Tiffany, but the do-rag. Do-rag. I'm sorry. I and knew yes, that. You're like the bandana. <laughs> I know. I knew it was called no, that. It's a do-rag. It's a do-rag. Throwback jerseys. We'll get back to that. The 4X sweats. No one was doing that. He looked like he was swimming in those things. Well, like, well, well, he looked extra, extra, extra large. But let us be clear. What? He embodied the era. Yes, he did. He he I took was it rocking. to he took it to the extreme because I there was that. the we went through that. Era. I wore baggy stuff, right? But my I, producer search wore baggy stuff. He looked like I'm he sure needed to have stuff. a fat suit under that sucker with the picture I saw. He was fly, and he was not fat. That's the thing. He was fly. No <laughs> was one was doing. No one was doing that. He doesn't rock suits to his press conferences. No, not ever. He rocks a mink. Oh, he is hip hop street style. It makes a statement. The youth, they love it. The establishment, not too much. Hates it. Mm-mm. They call him a thug. The parallel between him and Pac is unavoidable. One of his boys, coincidentally, was Biggie. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yes, absolutely. He was in. He was in the studio for some of those tracks for the posthumous album, Life After Death. Mm. Biggie used to go to certain games to grab his sneakers. Oh. To get to get sneakers. He does a commercial with Jadakiss with a beat by Trackmasters. More on this later. AI comes out with a rap single. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yep, I remember it. I heard it in Philly. I was doing biz in Philly back then. I, li- I, li- I liked it. Was it good? I think his name, I liked it. I think his name was Jules. Yes. I tell you like this. He, he was the best. Yes, he was the best NBA rapper because oh there was a, there was a bunch of others. That was an era. <laughs> I even remember. I think the NBA came out with some album. All oh, those guys were whack. Yeah. I liked I liked AI spitting. The NBA told him not to come out with an album. He complied. Now let's talk about Reebok. AI is the number one pick, as I said earlier. He has his choice of brands to endorse. He's a Nike kid. Right. He like, wore- I, like I was growing up. I also rock Adidas, but He played primarily. in Air Jordans. Exactly. He wore them in high school, Bethel. He wore them in college, G-Town. I remember him rocking the spats. He loved Jordan. Again, that was his hero. His agent, David Falk, is a Nike guy. Another one of David Falk's clients, Jordan. Coach John Thompson is on the board at Nike. Nike gives him an offer. Okay. They lowball him. Oh. Nothing Jordan-esque. Reebok gives him his own shoe, which they had worked on a year prior to him even being drafted. Oh, so he had something in the works. Well, Reebok had something in the works, unbeknownst to him. Oh, really? And at the time, gave him a 10-year, $60 million deal, which later gets ripped up and becomes a lifetime deal. Oh, my God. He had his shoe day one in the league. I don't remember anyone else doing that. A lifetime deal. That's right. Wow. That's right. It's an annuity, essentially. And uh, from the year 55 on, he'll be entitled to it. I don't remember anyone else doing that. 
Shoe day one in the league. Take that, Jordan. Take that. Take that. I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> Reebok with Q Gaskins and Scott Hewitt create the question. Yes. Do you remember it? Cool ass shoe. I don't remember it at all. Oh, I totally remember it. That was not what I was doing aerobics in. I totally remember. You could have. I totally remember it. But it was amazing. Nice sneaker. It was amazing. It had the honeycomb, you know, the hexalite. Yeah. The color at the toe, the colorway there. Fly. His brand identity with Reebok is established with the I3 logo, Iverson 3. Oh, okay. Iverson 3. That's right. 3 stands for? Well, that's his jersey number. Oh, okay. So, I think the team at Reebok, through Q, who had a connect at Georgetown, understood that AI was so genuine, so real at a time in which brands were truly afraid of that. And not only did they embrace it, they embodied it. Look at the commercials, which I do on my Allen Iverson YouTube channel. <laughs> I got to I gotta check that oh, out. Oh, those commercials are amazing. <laughs> I remember that first one when he's like in the lab. I know you guys remember this. And his moves are being analyzed. Oh, it's so cool. And then I love the one when he starts out at the Rucker. And he keeps on seeing doppelgangers of himself, like in a car, on the street, at the club. Let's get back to the one with Jada. Hot fire. Dope rap. Trap masters with the sounds of the sneakers in the floor incorporated into the beat. Reebok wanted Nas. AI wanted Kiss. The rest is history. Hmm. Let's talk about the Slam magazine cover. Do you remember it? No. So on ice? No. I know you do, Search. Oh, good. I got you both. Ah, I remember like it was yesterday. I had come home from visiting my grandparents in the Bronx, and I was at 125th Street at the station at the Lex, checking out the magazines, and I saw it. It was amazing. That's when the league, that's when the league was on, when the players were on strike. If you remember. I do remember the strike. It was amazing. AI resplendent in an old school Philadelphia 76er jersey from the 60s championship. Wow. Like 66. Totally old school. Yeah. Phila. P-H-I-L-A. 66-67. With the fro. Yep. And the chain. The fro. Yes. And the chain. And the ice. The fro was back. I lost my mind. By the way, speaking of throwback jerseys, there was a little Philadelphia company you guys probably heard of called Mitchell and Ness. Mm. 1998 revenue, 1.5 million. 2002 revenue. And 2001 is when AI took the Sixers, the undermanned Sixers, to the finals, also won the MVP. Also, if I call, was the MVP of the All Star game with the 20 point deficit. 2002 revenue, Mitchell and Ness, 23 million. I think Mr. Iverson might have helped that a little. I would say a little bit. His style was so influential amongst players in the league that the NBA finally put the hammer down. Mm. They bagged. I'm sorry. They bagged. (laughs) I already slipped. They banned baggy gear, do-rags, and everything else in 2005. Everything that was him. Exactly. Incredible. End of an era. Based on one person. Right. As... I know in the situation involving me, they say, oh, this rule has nothing to do with you. That's you, Park Slope Food Co-op. No, it has everything what? It has everything to do with him, right. just like your thing has everything to do with me, suckers. His influence remains to this day. Tats all over the place? Regular, right? Not when he was doing it. Braids? Same thing. The sleeve? Same thing. Matter of fact, you can have a sleeve on a sleeve. 
What? A Meaning, sleeve on a sleeve? Well, the tattoo sleeve, and then you got the sleeve on the tats. Oh, okay. Players wearing anything they want and carving out fashion niches, that's AI. Right. He was the true nexus of sports and entertainment. He is why rappers want to be ballers and ballers want to be rappers. You're welcome, HBO. He had the strongest connection to hip-hop and one of the strongest connections to fans the world has ever known because he was unfiltered and relatable. He kept it real at a time in which it wasn't truly acceptable. He was unapologetically black in a white-run league with predominantly black players. Hear that. Heard. His sneaker sales are, his sneaker sales are still strong. The legacy shoe just came out recently. Another generation loves Allen Iverson. Just like Jordan. Take that MJ. <laughs> the better you look, the better you play. Words from a cultural and fashion icon. My hero, Allen Iverson. And there we have it. Wow. Drop the mic. Thank you. Very nice. It's real. He was real. I understand now. That's why he's your fashion hero. Because he did. He made it. He, he like, like a bull made some changes. Huge changes. And I, an article I read, it's that, that rule that was made to try to stop him from his creative expression actually sort of... Uh, encouraged fellow players to sort of express themselves. And, and, and now in this day and age, the way they express themselves are in these bespoke suits, uh, these outrageous the choices and Russell Westbrook. And, and shirts and ties. <laughs> and, and their flair is amazing. It's, or whack. It's interesting. Some of them need my help. Because just because you got money, y'all, doesn't mean you're fly. Right, I think and I, I see that every All-Star game, NBA players, and Alan, it's ridiculous. Allen Iverson called it kind of like Halloween outfits, I think, at one point in one article I read. Because he's, you know, not 100% a fan, but he is a fan of everyone embracing their artistic expression and being able to express that and be who they are and what they do. So I find him a champion in, in that for sure. He, he's amazing. I mean, he made it clear about suits. It's so funny because when he got drafted, he had a nice suit on. I have that photo. But for him, and I respect that, the way he grew up in Hampton, you know, Newport News, Tidewater area, is suits are for Sunday. Right. It's Sunday best. So I respect that. And he said it wasn't even about him carving out his own thing. It was about looking at the older heads and rocking their steez. But the influence has resonated so strongly. And it's ultimately because he just wanted to be his authentic self, which at that time, as I said earlier, from a marketing perspective, that whole keeping it real, real, blah, 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 blah. That was really shaky ground from a marketing perspective. Mm. And you really have to get props to Reebok, particularly Q Gaskins, in which... Those shoots, those shoots, they're not even, he's not even reading copy. It's all off the dome. And I love that one when he constantly sees doppelgangers of himself. I remember that one like it was yesterday. I love playing that one back. I have to go watch a YouTube channel. You it's, should send me a share button. Yeah, it's so, it's just, it's just so cool. Even the one when he's back home, he's shooting pool. When you are 
sub six in the league and you are dominating that that's that that is a statement and like i said the crossover was a fashion statement i mean one could argue also the dunks but one of the more charismatic individuals who has become a cultural icon who has made a ripple in which it's still the effect still hits and I met him once at 30th Street Station. I know he doesn't remember this. I really <laughs> would give anything for for him to listen. Your face right now. You look like you're six years old. <laughs> if you're a little guy playing against big guys, it's something. Yeah. And that's part of the relatability, I think, with the fans. And it's and so just, cool to watch. Goliath. David and, just, and Goliath. Right, exactly. And I just loved, I loved his game. I loved his style. I loved the crossover. It was a crossover. Like I said earlier, I never saw that type of crossover before. And apparently neither did Michael Jordan. <laughs> I still love that. That video is so good. And that was his hero. And MJ, MJ said to him, if you were my hero, you wouldn't have crossed me up like that. Right. So, but, mm. And that's what I like, too. He was a killer. I used to watch. They used to have those NBA. You know, I'm dating myself, but like the NBA like show for the week. Right. Not NBA inside stuff. It was like another one. And I just remember, and I love his voice too. I love, I love his tone quality. And he was, it was a VO essentially. And he, he crossed up Scotty Brooks, who now is the coach. I think he's, uh, he's still in the league. He's coaching the league. But towards the end of his career as a player, he played for my team. He played for the Knicks. He crosses him up. Scotty Brooks goes backwards, falls. Oh. AI coldly hits a J. The VO goes. I believe I could take anyone in the league. And I just, (laughs) (laughs) I just sat there. My jaw, just like, I just, I love that. I love that. You want to be, no matter what you do, you want to win, you want to kill. Right. And I think that's what separates individuals from everyone else. And though he never got a ring and he, he has many regrets about his career, particularly his relationship with Larry Brown, who Larry Brown loved him and he didn't listen. He acknowledges how hard-headed he was. And that's, I think that's the other thing about him for me. It's heartbreaking because I love him. Yes, I barely met him. But I just, I mean, when you read these interviews with the Reebok executives, I mean, everyone wants the world for him. Right. If you listen to Stephen A. Smith, who was down at Philly, local paper at the time, I think Philadelphia Inquirer. He's a once-in-a-lifetime human being and talent. But... He was the only one standing in his own way. Well, it's not even that, but he also paved a way. And I think right. that's what's so significant. And that's why he is a fashion hero. He had many successes on several different levels. He may not have won a championship, but he won MVP titles. He won scoring titles. He was great. He's all amazing. around player. One of the best and, players of that draft. And uh, I think this we should lead right on into our next segment, which is the... I must have it because we already started talking about it. Did we? Uh, yes, we did. You okay. already mentioned it, Reg. Well, then what? let's go. I must have it. I must, I have, must have, it. have it. And what is that? I must have it. A pair of Allen Iverson questions. All right, now. First generation. First generation, which I have a picture of right here. And, Reg, I got to tell you, 
I looked at all of his. He doesn't just have first generation, the question. No, he's got a gazillion. And I like them all. <laughs> I am not a the DMX sne- technology. I am not a sneaker person. But I, as we all know from prior uh, podcasts, I am a Reebok. I was always Reebok. Team Reebok. Yeah. Tiff. And, you know. Tiff Team Reebok. And I got to say, I like them all. Sounds like you need to cop a pair. I might maybe have to Sa- give me a pair. Maybe Santa will help a brother out <laughs> next year. Oh, that would be so nice. Oh. I'll give him a whole year to find me the perfect pair. <laughs> but yes, the I wear question, a size 11. The question came out in 1996. Mm. It was, all, like you said earlier, it was already designed before he had even signed the contract. They had already designed this shoe, shoe for it him. It is wild. Like, they were so confident that he was going to like them. Well, they were hopeful. Yeah, <laughs> they were hopeful. I think they were confident because it was done. It was a done deal. Um, and I love the play on words. He's the answer. It's the question. I do, too. And the next one was the, the answer, answer. And then the next yeah. one was... What's the, they, I've got all there was the, a bunch of answers. There's a ton of answers. Answer 14, I think, was the, the last. The Jada Kiss one, I think, is for the answer five. I love that commercial. That commercial is just so. One, two, three. Oh, that's a nice one. That's definitely, I have a picture of and all the commercials of where he's showing his moves and detailing the moves and knowing that kids were trying to mimic the move. And just, I just, I just always love that. The analysis of it. The, the way they would, they would have multi-cameras for a 360. And they would turn it 180, and he's like, and then I do this, and then I blow by him. <laughs> I was like, wow. They, the question is the best selling of his entire line. Break, he, breaking record sales for Reebok, by the way. No other shoe sold what the question sold. Reebok had other ballers. They had Sean Kemp, the Rain Man, great player. They had Shaq Diesel, amazing player. Maybe a few others, but the whole issue with Jordan, or Nike, rather, pardon me, was that he would have been so low on the totem pole, but more importantly, they lowballed him. And they're not going to let him, they're not going to give him a better deal than they're going to give Jordan. I mean, that's not going to happen. No, no, but but it wasn't even something comparable. But no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And there's a great moment for Reebok. And Reebok design was similar to the Air Jordans that Iverson was wearing. I disagree. I read it, and I looked at the pictures. There was some, the the cap of the the toe, the toe cap. Yeah, but it wasn't a spat. It wasn't wasn't like the Jordan spat. No, it's just the the cap of the toe. That's what, that was kind of similar. Um, but another fact, Iverson wore the shoe for the duration of his uh, unforgettable and history-making NBA rookie season. This is the shoe he wore. His rookie right. season, yeah. he already had yes. a shoe. That's all I keep saying. Yes. So, there we go. Yeah. Um, Someone and, give me a pair, please. And he would wear them sporadically in his regular season games, his playoff games, his all-star games. He would, con- you know, constantly go back to the question, even though he had, you know, the, each year a new release. Which and was- he was constantly tweaking the colorways. Yeah. So. But, but the, 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 the dynamics of the shoe were that great that he was wearing them in competition, which was amazing to me. And that is. I must have them. <laughs> Maybe one day Reg Sand will be good to you and bring you a pair. <laughs> I can dream. All right, let's move on to the last segment of our show called the Fashion Word of the Day. Fashion Word of the Day. 
kind of different than what I've ever done before. No, that was nice. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. It's a new year. Yeah. New year, new changes, new differences, new same stuff. What you got, Tiff? Uh, I'm going to let you go first because I got to choose. I don't know. Oh, right. Always a choice. You always have a gazillion of them. But because just, you know, I like No, them. I don't know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I have mine. You ready? Yes. All right. Take that. Take that. Lapis Lazuli. Thank you. Shut up. Lapis Lazuli. Just a hint. Well, I know that. Way to go, search. L-A-P-I-S. Yes. Lazuli. Yeah, as I like to say growing up, Lapis Lazuli. I still like to say that. L-A. Lapis L-A-P-I-S. You got Lapis. You got that down. Lazuli. L-A. Z-U-L-I-E? Nope. Uh, Too many letters. L-I. Yes. All right. Uh, Lapis is a color. I have no idea what lapis lazuli is. Lapis is a stone, actually. You're right around there, so you want to try to do it, or you want to tap out? What do you want to do? I'm going to tap out. Tap out for time. Uh, give me that buzzer. Go ahead and give that buzzer. I'm oh, going to wear gonna, it. You're going to get it. It's a deep blue mineral composed mainly of lazurite, used mainly as a gem or as a pigment. I mean, search kind of gave it to you. Okay, but how is it a fashion thing? I fashion Are you, word. What is? How, how is that not a fashion word? It's a stone. It's a mineral. A yeah, lapis. It, <laughs> you Are you wearing have, lapis? You could. No, I am not. But you could have buttons. Out of lapis. Absolutely. Wow, I never heard of that, Reg. This is you're playing a whole new game. It's a new year. Mm, lapis buttons. Lapis. I want to see them. When I get a uh, a customer as a pimp. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm oh, just. Okay. It's a, but it's a. It's a very just. It's very distinct. You can do my sentence then. You were on your way, making a nice sentence. You want me to do the sentence? Yeah, because though I'm the person who gave the word. Well, my word, I was wrong. So you can do a sentence using. I don't know how to use it in a sentence. It wasn't my word. If you go, if you go to the garment district, it's very easy to pick up some costume jewelry with lapis lazuli. Boom! Just like that. I try. All right. I feel like mine is going to be a wah wah wah. No, don't yours. Say, no, don't say that. Well, because I'm I'm gonna do something that's a little kind of I don't know it it, it it's off topic, but <laughs> okay. Gingham check. Gingham check. Gingham check. A gingham check. A gingham check. Okay, gingham. G i n g h a m. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. G i n g h a m. Okay. And then check. C h E-C-K. Okay, what is it? What is a gingham check, Reg, for the everyday man? Well, I know what gingham is. Same thing. Same okay, thing. Okay, so it's, 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 just, it's just the pattern. Okay, what about the pattern? Can you describe it? It's square, and it has a has an edge to it. I mean, a slight jagged edge. I mean, I mean it's, it's a square. There's squares. It's a square overlay. Close. Very, 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 very close. It's a plain woven fabric featuring alternating checks, squares, squares. typically white and colored, most commonly found on men's shirts. Right. Yes. I guess I didn't give enough detail. 
No. But, that, but you had it. You knew exactly what you're talking about. Hmm. And uh, and you often wear gingham. which I do. That's why I'm like, I, 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 I don't see a lot of guys wearing it. And that's why really? I wanted to bring it up. Because I want the everyday man to know that gingham is okay. Gingham is nice. Gingham is great. Gingham is fun. Gingham, gingham is American. Germany, yeah. French, and America all claim the fabric to have originated on their soil. It's ours. As ever, it's a look in fittingly high demand, one that looks fantastic, set against a knitted tie. I have a pink and white gingham shirt. That's my sentence, though. My definition was lacking. That's quite all right. (laughs) Yes. That's the truth. You don't get a buzzer because you were there. I threw you with the gingham check. Yeah, I was like, I have to say this definition comes from the Fashion Beans, which is a London-based website. You you don't have to give away your source. I like the Fashion Beans, though. They're very clever sometimes. I'm sure because it seems like you're constantly using them. And I'm just going to give them a shout out because they're funny. Okay. All right. Well, that is it for our show. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. Everyone who is new, thank you for joining us. Thanks. The the party's been fantastic, but the (laughs) fact that you have joined us makes it even more fantastic. Right? Yeah. We hope you had fun or down for another one. Please tell your friends about us. Subscribe. We're on four different platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. And you... You can find us on Instagram as well. Oh, absolutely. Find us on Insta, New York Fashion Geek. DM us. Give you a free consultation. Email us. Podcast at nyfashiongeek.com. And that's for any reason. You know, email us if you have a question. If you have something that you want us to cover, like one person uh, emailed us, when do I wear black shoes and where do I wear brown? That was great. wonderful question. Because that's something that my husband has a question about all the time. And I'm thinking, this, this is he's not the only one who has that question. So email us if you have a question. Email us if you have a fashion word that you'd like us to explore or a hero that you want us to, to explore as well. We're open. Absolutely. For business. I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. See you next time. And remember, always, always be, be fly. fly.